Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. And I think we need to actually look at the bigger picture of why did people not vote for us? And that big picture really just lies in how I think the messaging was wrong. I can't tolerate in my gut to see libertarians getting scammed when we have so few resources and we have such greater battles to fight. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Welcome back, kitty cats, to another edition of Lions of Liberty. And I hope you guys are ready to roar today, or at least to be roared at, or hear a couple people roar, because I've got a couple passionate guys on the show today, a couple guys that were heavily involved in the political machinations surrounding the 2016 election, surrounding the Gary Johnson campaign, the Libertarian Party. They're both heavily involved, and they're very passionate about the subject to the point that they're still talking about it. And as you guys know, back in episode 290, I had Judd Weiss on this program. He's made a lot of accusations about things that he really thought were shady, perhaps, or just really some shenanigans he saw within the Gary Johnson campaign. And today, um, he's going to be speaking on this program with a gentleman by the name of Charles Perallo, a guy who's also been on this show before, back when he was running for the chairmanship of the Libertarian Party. And uh, Charles is basically going to come on to defend Gary Johnson, defend the Gary Johnson campaign from Judd's accusations. I did make the offer when Judd was on the show that if anybody out there disagreed, wanted to hash this out, that I'd be willing to provide a forum for that, and Charles did reach out and say that he wanted to do this. He wrote an article at beinglibertarian.com. We will post that in today's show notes at lionsofliberty.com slash 306, because this is, of course, the 306th episode of this program. My gosh, we're getting up there, kids. But before we get into this, I want to tell you one more time, and I say one more time because this deal is coming to a close with our sponsor at martinarmory.com. These guys have the most insane gun prices you can imagine because they only focus on the top 25 guns on the market. And if you use the discount code LIONS, you get free shipping. So it's really impossible, maybe impossible. If you can find a better deal on any gun that's at martinarmory.com, you let me know. You reach out, and we'll talk to Chris Martin at martinarmory.com, and and we'll figure it out. But the discount code LIONS, that expires this Friday, August 4th at midnight. So if you want to get in on this thing, you got to get in right now. So head over to martinarmory.com, pick out a gun, enter that discount code L-I-O-N-S, Lions, and you'll get free shipping just like that. I also want to quickly remind you about the contest we have going to win a free signed copy of Liberty Force Number 1 by Johnny Adams of the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. This is an amazing comic book that I think can really draw people in and get them interested in the ideas of liberty. You really got to check it out. You can find more information at the show notes for today's show, again, at lionsofliberty.com slash 306. But there's basically two ways to enter. You can leave us an iTunes review, send me that screenshot, email it to markmarc at lionsofliberty.com or post it in our private Facebook group and tag me in the Lions of Liberty forum on Facebook. Or you can just join the Lions of Liberty Pride. Lionsofliberty.com slash support is where you can find all the information about that. Every single member of the Lions Pride, which you can join for as little as $5 a month, 
will get automatically entered in this contest, so be sure to check it out. And without further ado, let's get into this thing, shall we? All right, first up, he is a co-founder of beinglibertarian.com. He appeared on this program back when he was a nominee for the chairmanship of the Libertarian Party. He recently wrote an article entitled, Why Judd Weiss is Grossly Wrong on the Johnson Weld Campaign. I'm pleased to welcome back Charles Paralo. Charles, are you ready to roar? I am, uh, but I'm actually going to go, woo, like howl, or maybe how, like what's the howl sound, but I'm not sure. Uh I have like, two huskies, uh, and I they actually do howl from time to time. So I, I could tell you if you were accurate on your howling, but um, <laughs> that's not that's not too bad actually. <laughs> so the guy who has the show Lions of Liberty has two dogs. Uh, no cats. No cats. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's no more cats. about the spirit than the uh, the actual physical form of the animal. You see. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> uh, okay, so thanks for having me on again. Thanks for talking. Uh, overall, I mean, just to get this thing going, I just want to like make this very clear. I do like Judd Weiss. I've known Judd for six years, but, uh, you know, doing this, uh, you know, every, every time from time we always disagree on some things as libertarians tend to do quite a bit on. Uh, but my role with the Johnson campaign or my involvement with them was, uh, let's say 2010, I actually was researching just the 2012 field for president. And I was really looking at the Republicans because I was not a fan of Obama and I didn't really like Bob Barr at the time. So I wasn't really expecting much from the LP. I went on Wikipedia to see who were the likely Republicans. First guy I saw was Gary Johnson. Thank you, alphabetical order. Uh, looked him up. Everything he said resonated with me. And uh, I got involved with the campaign around 2011, volunteering for the first CPAC. I got to know Gary over the course of the debates. And uh, there we are five, six years later. I've known pretty much every person to be involved in his campaign. And uh, like, I'm going to be honest, not the best managed campaigns in the world. Uh, there are problems. Uh, I think that there was a little bit of inexperience from the 2016 crew. Uh, I think the Libertarian Party maybe doesn't have the best resources to run like a national campaign. But there was some incompetence that I think is fair to address. However, I, I look at these accusations from Dr Judd and I, I feel as if they are very wrong in the sense they are attacking people that I've viewed as friends, that I've known for many years now. And uh, these are people who I say I would say have a good ethics here. And also, uh, I think uh, this is going to be a sting for some of the audience, but I'll be 100% honest in this line. These accusations have less evidence behind them than John McAfee killing someone in Belize. And uh, that might be a little rude to hear for some, but I, I really think it's true on this case. I think there's a lot of people saying, uh, oh, they, they bought the LP primary. Uh, they frauded us out of money. And I don't think these are fair accusations. And I really would just like some sort of point to try and, try and get another side of this story around because I feel for maybe a couple months now, it's been largely judge speaking and a few people in the liberty movement regarding it as fact. So I'd like to just open up the conversation that there are other points of view here and there is a debate going on. All right. And, and as I said, when I brought Judd on the show, when I, I gave him that platform to speak about uh, what he believed were some, you know, bad intent, not I me, mean, not bad intentions, but things he didn't like within the Johnson Well campaign, within the Libertarian Party. Uh, I did say I, I would be open to continuing this conversation if anyone wanted to pro provide a counterpoint. And that's why you're here, Charles. But I do want to bring in now uh, the man that you're addressing, of course, who, who's also with us, Judd Weiss, former Libertarian vice presidential candidate. Welcome back, Judd. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. Oh, and, and by the way, are, are you ready to roar? I'm always ready. <laughs> Excellent. 
So now both of you guys are here. You, you guys are both familiar with each other. You're both friends. You both, you know, you go back a bit. Um, and as Charles mentioned, this isn't about personal animosity or anything like that. But you did think that a lot of what Judd has been saying about the campaign was either inaccurate or or simply really, you know, just incorrect, uh, whether it's just a, a matter of opinion or not. So and there, I think there are different points here where there is fact that can be disputed and maybe other points where there's opinion. So we'll try to save some of the opinion stuff for maybe a little bit later in the show. But I want to try to start by focusing uh, really just on some of the very specific things that Judd has brought up in his criticisms, both on this show and um, over the past few months since the Johnson campaign. So, And the reason the reason I'm I'm even doing this is uh, I, I haven't been speaking about it in the, uh, I don't know, the last like month or so, but it's not an issue that I ever feel like I ever want to drop because I feel like this was wrong and I feel like libertarians, libertarian activists should know about it. So this is an important issue. It's not something I'm ever going to drop and just let go if I think that people in the liberty movement are being very shady or scammy or deceiving people. I'm, I, I think that's a very important thing for people to realize. However, I've, I've made it known and I'm starting to, uh, I have so many other things I want to do with my life than talk about this issue. So I, I, I haven't been focusing on it lately, but Charles Perello wrote an article uh, uh, refuting everything that I'm saying or um, you know, contradicting me on this because pretty much any time I post anything about this stuff, Charles is there ready to uh, argue against me, and that's fine. You know, he has the right to. His I'm opinion, ready to roar, and, and so he should. <laughs> he should stand up for what he thinks. But I'm coming on because people have questioned me. So let's let somebody who has been the most outspoken person questioning me, who doesn't waste an opportunity to question me on any of these things. Let's have a, a chance to actually just have a discussion, not a, really a debate, but just ha- let's hash it out with somebody who really uh, feels like what I'm saying is wrong. Yeah, I think that's an and, important point, Judd, too, because I'm not looking at this as a debate where uh, a points will be awarded. I don't pl- I'm not going to raise anyone's hand in victory at the end of this. It's really just a conversation where you can, you'll can you at least get a chance to sort of give your side of things and let the listeners decide. Yeah, and and yeah. Charles, I've known, I've known Charles for a while, like, um, I don't know, several years, and he's always been super cool to me. I've never had a problem with him before. I wouldn't call him a close friend, but he's an acquaintance I see at events, and he's always been very friendly to me. So I don't, I don't have a problem with Charles him, uh, personally. I do consider him to be one of the true believers on the Gary Johnson side that will just defend endlessly. And I, and I feel like my issue with Charles is er, almost everything he says is somewhat wrong or misrepresented. So all I want is to... I want to believe that things he says can be accurate and correct. And that's what I hope to do with this uh, this talk today. I want to take these things kind of point by point because there's there's a lot going on there. And it's easy to get tied up in a bunch of different topics if, if we don't do it that way. Um, so why don't we just start off with a, a specific claim by Judd that he made on this program. And, and Judd, you said that the Gary Johnson campaign employed, em, was employing a paid troll army to disparage yourself, John McAfee, on Facebook, including Facebook. Fake Facebook accounts, so not even real people who are out there posting disparaging comments, disparaging memes, and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, even that, not necessarily illegal, but something that you would claim would be unethical. So, Judd, why don't you just sum this one up and maybe t- mention any evidence or any anything you can point to that would show those fake accounts came from the Gary Johnson campaign, and then we'll let Charles respond. So I have, I have guys from the J- Gary Johnson campaign um, laughing and congratulating themselves for doing just that. For what I mean by troll army, there was these fake 
uh, Facebook accounts, and obviously this wasn't officially done through the campaign, um, nothing in politics that's somewhat shady or that people don't want to be known, nobody does it directly through the campaign. Everything is underhanded, often three degrees separated uh, from the person actually doing what they're doing. But I did, I did save it, and uh, I kind of want to find this right now. Also, I'll let you guys both, uh, this won't be published right away. It's probably going to be a couple weeks. So I'll let you guys take the time after the show to gather anything you want to send me. And then I'll, I'll include all of it in the show notes for the show. Sure. Uh, yeah. Tom Mann, um, who was like one of the most brutish thugs on the campaign and bear in mind, I'm not attacking the Gary Johnson campaign and all the campaign team. There's a lot of cool people on the campaign team. They're great people. They're close friends of mine that are on the campaign team. I'm attacking the top. I'm attacking the, the campaign manager and a few like thuggish elements within it. Um, but I'm not attacking everybody that had anything to do with it. Not not at all. Uh, but uh, but uh, Tom Mann is uh, he he commented on Facebook about an interview where I started talking about this troll army. And just just to say what I'm talking about, there was these fake accounts that were using cartoon characters as profile photos because of, I guess, legal reasons. They didn't want to use real people's faces. And those cartoon characters were so nasty. They were just fake accounts with no content on their pages that would go around saying the nastiest things they could say about me and McAfee, that shitbag liar judd and they're just trying to post as much dirt as they could around the whole liberty universe uh and they're really nasty with mcafee making fun of his wife uh showing uh pictures of her it, it was just really nasty and then um so tom mann is bragging oh and there was that there were the there were also people that were apparently engaged from uh um uh, facebook groups that weren't actually fake accounts they were just a bunch of people that were going around and constantly uh, um, just throwing a lot of dirt. So they were they had an arg- organized opposition of like of, of smear and nastiness. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying any of this is illegal. I'm just saying that this is what you're paying for when you're donating money to ca- to the Gary Johnson campaign. Tom Mann says, "I watched the first seven minutes of the interview and gave up." Judd's lead revelation was that the Gary Johnson campaign utilized a troll army on social media and hurt his feelings. This is news? Seriously? Question mark. He could have at least acknowledged Austin Peter Peterson, from whom we learned the tactic. I guess like everything else, we did it better. So Tom Mann's bragging about it. And Tom Mann, although you can't prove all the troll armies were directly paid by the Gary Johnson campaign, you're saying that Tom Mann, this person who is, is is admitting to, to some of this activity, it sounds like, did receive payment. Yes. Okay. So he did receive payment. I forgot the exact number. Um, and uh, and he's bragging about it. He thinks it's funny. And that's okay. And you know what? If the Gary Johnson campaign wants to do that, cool. I'm not I'm not saying that they should or they shouldn't. Or I, that's not, that, I am saying that they shouldn't, but that's not my point here. My point here is that's what you're donating to. You're donating to... Uh, fostering nastiness and infighting um, in a really vicious way. There's another guy, Jordan, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, Zolowski or something like that, who was like nonstop. There was, a, there was a, like Jeremy Kraken who was also nonstop on like posting hate and attacks. They were, they, they were, Jordan was paid by the Gary Johnson campaign, but um, he, he was just like apparent. Uh, low level. 
yeah, low level guy, but nevertheless, um, these are the guys. There's like real thuggery kind of behavior from some elements of the Gary Johnson campaign that were being supported from campaign donations from liberty activists. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. It, it did exist. Um, is Charles going to say right. that it didn't? Let's find out, Charles. What's your what's your response to this? <laughs> okay, so first off, I was in pretty much every Gary Johnson for president group during the primary. A lot of them actually did have memes and were talking about um, how to handle things. So let's just get off with the facts. There were actually a bunch of memes in these groups posted by people who were either volunteers or formerly worked for the campaign that were negative towards the other candidates, and they asked, can I post this somewhere? Every single time, Ron Nielsen, I believe, would comment and say, do not post that. Thank you. Uh, we're making this a more positive campaign. Gary Johnson, if you look at his record from 94 and 98, both campaigns were positive, were positive campaigns where never a single time he used any of his opponent's names in a single advertisement. He has a massive record of being an honest candidate. So I look at it from that perspective and think that's a loft. Now, regarding Tom Mann, First off, I would have a lot of questions that Tom Mann is even capable of making fake accounts. Tom is 60 years old. He doesn't really use computers much. He's just a very loyal member of the campaign. And he was paid about twenty-five dollars to $50,000. I'm not sure what the exact number was because he was actually Gary Johnson's sort of security guy. Uh, he ever, Everywhere Gary went, Tom followed him for an entire year. And that was – I mean he was actually I think paid less than what most people in security would actually get paid. And uh, he did help out the Johnson Wells campaign a lot, but he was not involved, to my knowledge, with real strategy. He was involved in actually managing the schedule. And I think back to Orlando. When it came to Orlando at that convention, uh, Tom Mann stayed at a villa next to mine. I even drove back with him a couple of nights. Uh, I like. I think Tom is one of the most loyal people to Gary and one of the most loyal people to the campaign. Uh, I remember him smoking a cigarette one night saying, the goal here is not 5%. The goal here is not just make the debates. The goal here is to make a president. Um, and I think that what he is trying to communicate there is, and from that message, as you've quoted it, he didn't deliberately say that he is making troll accounts or the campaign order troll accounts. I am 100% positive there are people who would have been supporters to the campaigns doing this, but that existed with literally every single campaign. Maybe not so much like Feldman, McAfee, Perry, because those were a little smaller. But on Peterson's side, and yes, on Gary's side, there were people who got so passionate over this subject, they did act like fools. But from looking at the campaign in all of their social media groups, from talking to all their social media guys, they were much more concerned about the bigger picture, which was really marketing this thing after the convention to try and have a very good return in November over what happened. So I, I see this from the perspective of Tom Mann. I'm not really sure he's the most technical man on this. And I think that when it comes to his payment, um, honestly, I'm shocked he was paid only that. I think he should have probably been paid more because, I mean, this was basically a year of his life that he spent on traveling around on foot. Okay, well, um, it's not about the amount of his payment. It's more about the fact that th this was his behavior and he's being paid from the campaign and being supported. Well, uh, but but the point is that uh, you just you know you said he's six years old and he's not really on the computer much. I I I haven't seen somebody. I don't think 
besides Jordan Zawalski guy, I don't think anybody on the campaign has posted quite as much as Tom Mann. He was constantly posting. He's always on the computer. He's always on Facebook. And, he, and he's always posting like really nasty but stupid nasty stuff. It's like he's, he's a common uh, occurrence. And, and, oh. and he makes the campaign look thuggish. But I, I don't want to focus on Tom Mann. He's just, he's just one guy. Well, I mean... Well, that is one member, and also I want to touch on uh, Jordan Zawalski and the other guy. Uh, I don't believe the other person you named actually was ever paid by the campaign. I think he might have been a volunteer. Regarding Jordan, um, I believe he was just uh, sort of a local coordinator. I don't think he had. I, I don't think he was really paid that much. Like, if, if anything, maybe a couple hundred a month. Uh, which, by the way, I could point out people who were paid by the campaign who posted on Facebook bashing the campaign during the campaign. Another problem I had with that campaign. But uh, regarding, because uh, I just like to, I would like to focus on Tom because he was the man most involved and was the man named. Uh, you know, it's some of the stuff he posts on Facebook is definitely not things I would personally encourage. However, uh, I'm going to say this he never gave an order asking people to give this type of attitudes to the court of the campaign. Uh, Tom is also, just to show how long he has been in the Libertarian Party for, he was he actually voted for a libertarian for governor in New Mexico in 1994 instead of Gary Johnson. Uh, Tom has a, an immense passion for this subject. Sometimes maybe he doesn't handle it the best attitude. Uh, but look, overall, OK, OK, I, I don't want to I don't want to like dwell on this for too long. But you did say something about Ron Nielsen. He wanted to run a clean campaign. and He didn't want people posting things. He didn't want people posting anything negative and trollish officially from the campaign. But there's no way you could say that Ron Nielsen actually wanted to run a clean campaign. Uh, everybody, uh, insiders from the Gary Johnson campaign that I know that work directly with him, paint a, a much different picture of him. Uh, uh, a guy who's constantly scheming, planning like a, a very vicious strategies that are underhanded and shady. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that. But it's, it's a known tactic it's in the 48 laws of power keep your hands clean and let others do the dirty work uh so no of course nothing from the campaign officially the gary johnson campaign officially would be nasty but uh that doesn't mean that the gary johnson campaign didn't coordinate a lot of this viciousness but that's not my this is not my biggest issue this is just one one well, thing among many that i talked about this is well well this is the first issue that got brought up and i, I think it is an important one i mean so far uh, look, there are a lot of campaigns that openly post dirty things. If we want to, if we want to talk about dirty things, let's let's go to the guy who came second place at the Libertarian Convention. I could see quotes of him calling Steve Cur uh, Steve Kerbell a con artist and a scumbag. Uh, I, I, yeah. quotes, I, I, I actually, see I was, I, I agree. I was. Uh, let's I, not dwell on this too much. I, I okay. there's so much to cover. Yeah, I mean, we could go. Austin, we could go in a million directions Austin, about other people. I was turned off by Austin at first because he was posting a lot of nasty stuff too. That's, okay. Okay. That's, so we we I'm agree not, there. So, I'm not going to so agree there. I'm, I'm impressed with Austin in other ways, but yeah, that turned me off. My whole point here is not about whether something illegal was done, was it whether something unethical was done. Even though I do think unethical things were done, and I do have a problem with it, but that's not my issue. My issue here cool. is that this is bad activism that that libertarians are donating to counter activism, activism that's actually harmful. They're 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 spraying. Uh, they're trying to put out fires with gasoline and they're making it worse with their donations and limited resources. That's my problem. That's the I, whole I like, point of what I'm talking about here. 
I would like to touch on the uh, McAfee uh, on the sorry not McAfee uh, the, the Nielsen thing a bit more though. Uh, when it comes to uh, Nielsen, you know it's one of those things where uh, if you were to go to really any campaign manager and you say, "Oh, I'm going to post some terrible things about this person," uh, I don't think Ron really is in a place to tell them to do it or not to do it. If Ron is asked if you are representing the campaign and we're going to post non untrue stories. Ron will attack on that basis. If someone who is like just some volunteer involved in the campaign wants to post no, something, got, I'm not talking a little about bit more. that. I'm talking about Ron coordinating. I, just, I I I would say from being but, in the social media group and speaking to people in very personal conversations who were involved, uh, that just did not happen, especially okay. during the primary level. During the primary level, the focus was winning the primary. But it wasn't really the big picture. The big picture was always the general election. So maybe there was a little bit more of darker tactics in terms of the actual general election, like really trying to get people against Trump and Clinton. But I don't but I don't think especially towards the McAfee campaign or the Perry campaign or the Feldman campaign, there was any negativity regarding the Peterson campaign. There was definitely much more of an. On, like, I'll be I'll be honest with you uh, from looking at the campaign and looking at like how everybody felt uh, until maybe the last month. There wasn't really any negativity towards John McAfee. Uh, there was a couple of things that like made them unhappy down the road. But for a while, he was kind of not really opposed. In fact, some people in the campaign did like him. There were a couple of people who became more involved who actually wanted McAfee to be the running mate. But overall, I don't think anyone was really concerned with anything besides the matter of Austin. And that was the only one there was a grudge on because he was making these personal attacks. And I, I think everybody felt a little disturbed by what was going on there. And it did set, set a bad sentiment for some people in the campaign, but I do not believe there was a coordinated effort by Ron Nielsen. And I think going by something that Tom posted in a comment on Facebook, where it's like, Oh, we outdid what, what Austin did better. I honestly think that is just pure emotion from Tom's part because, I mean, Gary is some because uh, Tom is someone who basically lived with Gary Johnson. He is somebody who spent a year with this man, and I think that how he sees Austin and his fans, how they make these terrible memes about him, and they did this, and he did this, and his people did this for everyone. I think it's such an emotional subject for him because him and other people in the camp. I mean, I mean, for example, okay, uh, guys, we're, we're dwelling on this forever. Uh, okay. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. The basic disagreement here is really whether it was directly directed from the campaign or not. I think we both agree that there were nasty means posted and that people even associated with the Johnson and other campaigns were doing stuff like this. The really the contention that I don't think we'll get to the bottom of today is whether or not Nielsen or, you know, directly you were, encouraged you were, you were people just to do in so. a comment and made about a troll army from uh, the uh, directed from the Gary Johnson campaign. Um, and you know, we spent like half an hour on it, but I do think that uh, Charles well, is portraying the the situation inaccurately. I don't think he's he's explaining it right, and he's uh, like explaining it away like an apologist. But what I want to ask, I want to ask Charles a few things. Okay, sure. so, you know, you you made, you made some claims. You know, I'll, I'll start with the the first one. Um, you know, about me attacking being libertarian as a shill blog, and you said that you're a founder, a co-founder of Being Libertarian, right? Wait, yes. wait, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you you've defended being libertarian. Uh, uh, you're saying that I called it a show blog, and and that you you took issue because you're a co-founder, and obviously that's not true, right? Uh, what is what is not uh, what is not true? 
I, you, you're co-founder of Being Libertarian, and you took issue with me calling it a show blog, and that was the very first point in your article. I uh, was I was told that on the Tom Woods show you did say that I looked for the quote and I did find like you listed libertarian future and being libertarian. Am I correct on that front? If if not, I apologize. But I no, that I I never talked about being libertarian ever. You never wait. You never mentioned it. I never mentioned the words being libertarian. Ever. Okay, so, so if, that, if that's what your points if, about me. If that is the case, then I actually will apologize for that point. But you have to realize several people messaged me that he attacked it as a shill blog. And I did look through the Tom Woods thing. I heard Libertarian Future. I thought I heard being Libertarian. Uh, I'd have to look at it again. But if that is the case and you are telling the truth there, I do apologize. And I, okay. and I would strike that one down. I was talking about a Libertarian Future, Jay okay. Wilson. I, I'll defend Jay as well. But um, but OK, I thought you threw being Libertarian in with that for a moment. If, yeah. that, if, you, if you ignored that one, I'll apologize on that front. But I will defend Jay as well. I will defend Libertarian Future. All right, yeah, so, well, so, so let's focus there. $21,000 from the Gary Johnson campaign and was claiming to be a, uh, a neutral third-party uh, journalistic institution, which, which I was saying was not nonsense, and I'm basically calling it a shill blog because they were getting paid from the Gary Johnson campaign, and they, they uh, ended up getting paid off. Uh, was the website being paid or was just Jay Wilson being paid? Because I, I need to look it's at his, that. It's his blog, and, and so... I don't see sure, it. Sure, sure, but like the payment sure, was to Jay Wilson, not to not to this, you okay, know, not so, to a separate company or anything. But okay, so I know a little bit about Jay's payments just from like looking at a monthly basis. I don't think he was actually paid from the campaign until maybe two months prior to the convention. And I know his pay, I believe, was increased after the convention, where he was focused on many more hours so if he was paid twenty thousand dollars i believe the vast majority of that was post-campaign and also by the way jay wilson was pro gary johnson maybe a year or two before he was ever hired on so okay, he's always so that pro. point that point that you made against me the number one point was wrong correct the being libertarian point if i would go back on that and it is wrong i will apologize there the jay wilson point however i will defend your, your point would be that you believe he was just fairly paid for other work he was doing on the campaign unrelated yeah, no. to his and work al- at the ball. Yeah, but that, that's how politics works is and that, also by, uh, and is also- that you, you do you do stuff and then you get paid and it, it's claimed to be for something else. So that, that's that's completely normal. I saw examples of that throughout the political. This is, happens throughout the political world throughout this country. This is not limited to the libertarian presidential nomination. So um, there would so, be, be two points I'd make on that. Uh, number one, I think Jay's blog is a little bit too small for the campaign to really notice that. If if the campaign was going to like so give someone twenty five hundred dollars a month uh, because he has a blog that's maybe thirty thousand on Alexa, uh, some money, uh, I, I think that's a real waste of resources. Uh, but I would also bring up a second point. I did speak to Ron Nielsen personally about uh, this was maybe four months prior to the convention. Uh, or, no, sorry, it wasn't Ron Nielsen, it was another member of the campaign, uh, about doing some stuff on the social media as well. I brought up my Being Libertarian site, what I've been doing there. Uh, they were impressed with the resume. At no point, uh, well, I don't know if they were impressed, but they were interested. At no point they ever asked me, my website would have to become some sort of shill for... Uh, for uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting that. I'm not, I'm not saying that yeah. at all. But um, so I, I am I, saying I what, the reason, yeah. okay, the reason why this is important, the reason why that's relevant is because our former campaign manager, Chris Thrasher, I've claimed he was bought off by the Gary Johnson campaign. And 
um, and that's I'm not even saying that whether that's right or wrong, but I am saying that that's shady. And our campaign manager, Chris okay. Asher, was giving us info uh, b before he left, and before apparently he got he received an offer from the Gary Johnson campaign. He told me when he got that offer, he told me he's going to reject it. And then his whole behavior changed all of a sudden. But before he told me about that, before he got that offer, he was giving us inside scoops on the Gary Johnson campaign. And the reason is, is I've said that everybody, the staff level people in the Libertarian Party are basically working together on one campaign. Then they work, uh, on opposing campaigns two or four years later, then they work together on campaigns again. And they're all friends and they, they know each other. So what you have essentially is a troll, I'm not a troll, um, you have a mole network of, of staff level LP members. And so I was getting information from Chris Thrasher about the, the Gary Johnson campaign, information that turned out to be correct. He told me before Alicia Dern was, uh, was, nom was announced, that she was going to be announced. I never talked about this before, but he did tell me that. He told me that she was going to, uh, her that Ron is going to use her to counter me and to try to like uh, neutralize me a bit. And sure enough, when she announced, she started posting these videos about why art is great, talking about art when I was doing stuff that was more artistic. But but nevertheless, the reason why I'm I'm bringing all of that up is because Jay Wilson knew about the fact that Chris Thrasher was leaving our campaign before I did. I, one hour after I found out that so, he, one, one, after, one hour after I even heard from Chris Thrasher that he's leaving our campaign, there was already an article written up. And, and it was, there was different details in that article on a libertarian future saying that the McAfee campaign is disintegrating and saying that uh, stuff like we're not even on great terms. And at that time, we were on good terms. And when I talked to Chris, um, he originally said something that mirrored the article about him leaving. But then he, I, I worked it out with him on the phone that he's going to stay in a different capacity. And that article was uh, reflecting the original call that he called me about, which is super fishy. It's really easy to deduce that uh, that a libertarian future was getting inside information from the uh, that I didn't even have access to from my own campaign and from the Gary Johnson campaign, and, okay, and so, so so there's a lot there. Okay, so a couple good points there. Uh, so number one regarding, uh, by the way, Mark, I, I believe you were going to ask about Thrasher a little bit. Late, well, I want to. I mean, you can Thasher. bring him up and bring up other people. Obviously, that's part of the telling the story. But I don't want to focus too much on people that aren't here to defend themselves or to give their their side but but as a point of of Judd Jud saying here that you know there was evidence through Chris Tra Th Chris Thrasher that Jay Wilson was getting information ahead of time all, okay, all so I want all I'm doing is dropping little bits okay, here so and there they all add up to a picture that's very okay. different from the way the Gary Johnson campaign portrayed itself okay so that's some, some good points there uh number one uh how exact okay so you were saying that Thasher was basically taking information from the Johnson Weld campaign and giving it to you guys, correct? Correct. And I and it, uh, the, the stuff that he was telling me was, turned out to be true. Guys, did you guys ask how he was getting that information? Yes, and I even know some of the people on the campaign that he was talking to, that he was friends with. And how did, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to bring that up because I don't want to get them involved in this. But how did he say he was receiving that information? He has friends on the Gary Johnson campaign that he's known for years. And, uh, okay, so, 
Oh, okay, and I'm assuming, wanted... I'm assuming he had to give to get. We didn't just get that information on the Gary Johnson campaign for free. I'm sure he was a mole leaking information to them as well. Uh, okay, which... I, just, I just wanted to get a clear picture okay. of what was going on with that information. So I'm, uh, All I'm saying is politics is way more underhanded and dirty than I recognize, re, expe- expected, even though I had no ex- uh, uh, positive view of politics. Somehow it's even more negative than I had before. After I got into it, I experienced this stuff myself. Uh, okay, I think I understand um, how you're feeling here. Uh, so regarding the Chris Dasher point and also regarding the point of Jay Wilson, for Chris Dasher, I'm just going to comment on and say that he has a business in politics. He gets hired. This is his job. Uh, from what I have seen from his end, he had a lot of unhappiness with John McAfee personally. Uh, in fact, one example I could bring up is when you were named as his running mate. There was an email, which I believe John sent to Chris, and you could correct me if I'm wrong here, where John basically emailed Chris. is like, I don't know if I made a great decision or a horrible mistake. We'll see. But there were some things that Chris, I don't believe, was fully counseled on that made him unhappy with the campaign. Now, people leaving campaigns and going to new campaigns or other campaigns is very, very common in politics. I mean, if you look at the Republican primary and the Democrat primary, it probably happened maybe a thousand freaking times between. Okay, I don't want to go on a. I don't want to go on a tangent about this because I have no problem with him leaving the campaign. I'm glad okay, so, he left the campaign. I'm okay, fine but, with. That. I'm talking okay, about. I'm talking about Jay him Wilson being bought out. I'm, no, I'm talking about him being bought out by the campaign. I've heard that Hillary used to offer people on the Obama campaign during the 2008 election. She offered people like hundred and twenty thousand dollars to jump ship uh, onto her campaign. So this is the kind of stuff that happens. I'm just saying it's shady. And apparently, uh, Chris received almost a $31,000 from the Gary Johnson campaign. I understand that he was working as a, uh, um, as a ballot Data coordinator. But, but nevertheless, um, he was the McAfee's campaign manager. He did things to underhanded to undermine us. And then he got paid from the Gary Johnson campaign. Everything here is very fishy. I don't have I any problem with him leaving. That's not my I issue. Think th- I think there's one or two things that can be discussed from that. Uh, first off, well, we didn't address the point of Jay Wilson properly. And the second point is also, uh, actually, the first point really is the Chris Thasher thing. And I, I don't want to go t- down too much the rabbit holes of talk. I mean, we can, you can t- give your opinion on it real quick, but, you know, I don't want to talk about Jay Wilson, Chris Thrasher, because they, you know, they have points of view that we're not, we don't know their point of view at the end of the day, you know. Uh, Okay, this this will take 30 to 60 seconds, though. Uh, so when it comes to Thasher, um, I think the guy changed jobs. I don't think he was ever really contacted by the campaign. Ooh, ha, ha, we can make a big deal. Uh, when it comes to these campaigns, people get frustrated and then they leave. And if they have skills, they get offered positions in the other staff. Uh, I would be 100% in agreement with you that he was looking at this saying, you know what, I do not like my job here. This is something I can do, and I think I'll be much happier with. I'm sure there was personal interest motives above politics for him. However, you know, nobody jumps ship from a campaign they think is going to win and they think they can really have a good legacy from. I think he was unhappy with the situation, and I don't really think that, because the, the Johnson Weld budget, well, just the Johnson budget at the time, was so bad that there were no position to go scout out other people. They had no money to go out and like just purchase other people's campaign managers. But the second part regarding why Jay Wilson got that story and why he was able to get it before you knew about it, most likely I would say that uh, Chris Thasher uh, was 
aware uh, like he he well he knew the story before you guys did and he was 100% willing to tell people like Jay and other sites uh why that's now I do agree if Jay is getting paid um and there and he does have his website um then there might be uh, some problems there however that website is a for-profit site and also I don't believe Jay's involvement in the campaign when that happened was really that official so I, I think that is sort of a small glitch there and also from okay, this doing is not, the website oh, this on. is this is not my uh biggest issues these are just things okay. i'm throwing out there well and, and but but i think what, what's soon. more important here is this is the example i want people to pay attention to what how how perello is uh, uh handling these things charles is constantly thinking not does this does this look shady and give me pause but how do i apologize for this how do i try to explain it away in the best possible light even uh, when it's uh, to the point where he's constantly misrepresenting it. That's what I'm saying here. No, uh, Chris Thrasher, uh, I have no problem with him leaving. And uh, just FYI, he said that um, Chris Thrasher was the reason that I'm even on the, Gary, uh, on the McAfee campaign. The one thing that I'm actually grateful to him for is that he, is the, he pushed for me to be on the uh, McAfee campaign. He gave me McAfee's email, uh, phone number to give him a call. I didn't have McAfee's phone number before I got it from Chris. And he, he sold McAfee on me. McAfee didn't know who I was before Chris Thrasher made the pitch for me to be the VP. This was, this was Chris's doing. I wouldn't be the VP if it wasn't for him. So I'm grateful to him for that. Um, that wasn't the reason. The fact that I came on board is not the reason that he left. And he told me that he got offered money from uh, Ron Nielsen. And he said, I will never take Nielsen's dirty money. <laughs> Those were his words. And then two days later, he went radio silence on me for like a week. And I didn't hear from him. And when he came back, uh, he sounded totally different. And then he left. And, uh, and then, he, then he publicly endorsed uh, Gary Johnson instead of McAfee during the primary, like a couple of weeks later. And, and, uh, and we, were, we were shocked by that. And somebody on our campaign team, who's known him for a while, talked to him. And apparently, Chris didn't really have much choice. In order for him to get that gig on the, uh, on the Gary Johnson campaign, he needed to show loyalty. He needed to publicly endorse Gary Johnson. And, um, and, and he was just treated like a ping pong, basically. He was purchased, and then he was bounced around. Of course, we were going to respond attacking him or, or, or defending ourselves, which was an attack on him. We weren't talking about him anymore. And so anyway, there, there's, there's so much more that has gone on behind the scenes than I've ever had time to talk about on an hour show. I um, think we're going to – we think we're getting to that. I, I don't think I'm being an apologist here. I think that there are – this is just a basic – like kind of fact of politics there are people who leave campaigns and they yeah, do I don't, I'm not, stuff I'm like not this thinking about you, you're bringing it up but that's not my issue guys a lot of this sounds like i mean it, it's not necessarily a dispute about what happened so much it's more uh, maybe a matter of your perspectives where judd sees a lot of these things as being wrong where charles might see a lot of the same things agree that they're happening and, and just see them as as normal processes of politics that aren't a big deal well, people leaving is normal processes people being purchased is another story and that's what i'm saying um uh, and and even that, the, the, oh, the truth is that that is normal. Is that okay that he was bought off by the Gary Johnson campaign? Are you okay with, does that, does that not look shady and underhanded? I do not, th 
I don't think he was bought off by the Johnson campaign. I think All he right. had services okay. which he offered. Let's not let's good. not say on Christopher Thrasher no, I much longer because I I for, campaign <laughs> manager was paid uh, thirty thousand dollars by the uh, Gary Johnson campaign. That was that was yeah. post convention, and uh, I think that's normally pretty standard stuff that goes on him. He joined the campaign, uh, but look, he had a lot of very visible issues with the campaign. These flips do happen, and I don't. And like I said, the campaign was so broke pre convention that I highly doubt they were saying, oh, we'll pay you, we'll give you a check for 30 grand if you leave right now. Okay, and also, let- from being in the groups and seeing the dialogue, there was not really any fear from the McAfee campaign. Most people really wrote that up. The only fear that they had going into that convention, it was not a fear of Austin Peterson, it was not a fear of John McAfee, not Daryl Perry. The only issues that they had were the concerns of the VP race, which, by the way, you brought up with Alicia Dern, um, I will just say this from knowing everybody who is involved in the VP pick of Bill Welt, uh, Alicia Dern, while a very pleasant person, uh, that was not on anybody's list. I spoke to Gary personally about the VP list. Uh, his pick was actually originally his 2012 pick, Judge Jim Gray, as a plan B. There was a list made with Bill Weld on it, but I don't think there was any serious effort to undermine you with Alicia. I don't think there was anything there. Uh, Alicia's campaign was really acting on herself. All right, guys, well, we've got a lot more ground to cover here, but I've also got some bills to pay. So we're going to be back after a quick word from today's sponsors. Because I firmly believe one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones is to own a firearm. But for a lot of people, buying a gun can be an overwhelming process. There are just so many options and not everyone feels comfortable walking into a gun store. Well, our friends at MartinArmory.com are doing their part to change that. Martin Armory was founded with a simple goal to make buying a gun simple and affordable. Instead of carrying thousands of different guns, MartinArmory.com only carries 25. This allows them to focus on providing the most popular guns on the market at insanely cheap prices. And now for a limited time, their prices are even more insane as MartinArmory.com is offering Lions of Liberty listeners free shipping. Simply go to MartinArmory.com, pick an awesome gun, and enter the promo code LIONS. Again, that's MartinArmory.com. The promo code is LIONS. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Let's move on from talking about guys like Christopher Thrasher and Alicia Dern. Uh, at the end of the day, we can't know what's in, in their hearts and minds. And I, I have given Chris the opportunity to come on the show. He expressed interest and then decided against it. So the offer was out there. Um, let's move on to some bigger topics, though. We don't have a ton of time left. And I think the biggest accusation coming out, uh, this is all kind of petty blog stuff. He said, she said, um, to the extent it's true or not true isn't 
you know, I don't know if that's disputed as much as if it's right or wrong. And that's a matter of opinion that people are going to have to decide for themselves. But let's move on to the the idea that Judd's put out there on the show that uh, the convention floor was essentially purchased, that there was many more delegates that came in only for the presidential vote that weren't there prior to that. And that a lot of that he believes to be the result of the Johnson campaign, paying for hotels, paying for flights to stack the convention for Gary Johnson. Judd, just give like a maybe a 30 second summary of that argument. I think I kind of already did, but just if you want to just add to it. There were a lot of people there that uh, that no one's seen in the party since or uh, before that or after. They they weren't there the day before. They weren't even there a few hours after the vote. Uh, they were just there for the vote and then they left. There was a lot of that. People uh, throughout the Libertarian Party uh, that I've spoken to that have been around in the party for a while said it's as it's as if it was like thirty to fifty percent of the people at the on the convention floor. Uh, were people that they've never seen before and never seen since, and they didn't know who they were. Um, so that that's what I'm hearing. Now, I'm not saying that, that Gary Johnson's campaign flew that many people out, 30 to 50%. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. I remember going around the convention floor at the convention, and Daryl Perry was even looking around and saying, uh, this, this convention is purchased, uh, when I was talking to him personally. I mean, that was a private conversation, but um, but nevertheless... This this was a feeling of, of what's going on uh, during before the the vote results even came out, and we I had known I had actually I actually got that info from Chris Fasher uh, before he um, you know jumped ship that that the Gary Johnson campaign he told me that the Gary Johnson campaign is fu- buying up flights and hotels not directly through the campaign. None of that is done through the campaign. It's done through other money that's being funneled straight to those causes. Um, and, and there is a lot of that. And there's some evidence of some of that funneling. In California, Libertarian Party, they funneled some money to the Gary Johnson campaign. Um, uh, and, and apparently some of the other officers in the Libertarian Party of California didn't know about that was going on and even threatened to resign. And there, there's so much shady stuff going. So I don't even know the extent of it, but I know enough of it to see that uh, I, I was getting, I was being told that by Chris Thrasher. I know people that that were offered uh, flights and hotels. I know people that actually did accept those offers for flight and hotels. And everybody wants to tell me uh, you didn't. I don't tell, use my name personally. I don't. I don't want to be blasted out there. But. I, I I heard it personally. I know about it. And then on top of it, Jason Weinman admitted on Facebook that he was on the campaign and that he was in Nevada. And Nevada uh, did, in fact, pay for – not tried to, but did actually pay for flights and hotels uh, funneled through uh, the, the Gary Johnson crew uh, to get them out there to, to, to vote. And I even heard that there were arguments. Some of the people that were flown out there didn't realize that they had to actually vote for Gary Johnson and got in a fight about it. Uh, so the, <laughs> this actually did happen. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to be a private investigator and show receipts for hotel rooms and flights. I'm just telling you my experience. And I want people okay. to know these are my beliefs. This is my experience. And I'm telling people what I saw with my own eyes and okay. what I experienced from my campaign. Uh- Charles. Okay, this one I have a lot of words on, uh, but I'll try to make it quick. All right, so when it came to the uh, actual idea, to say 30 and 50% of the people there might have been flown in, we've never seen them before, that is beyond Alex, that is tinfoil hat stuff. 30 to 50% of the people would imply literally a million dollars was spent on this. 
that would imply hundreds of flights hundreds of hotel rooms a hotel that was booked be, not not because of the lp convention but because of a comic book convention across the street uh the tickets to orlando were ridiculous i know people who were involved with the campaign for over a year having supported gary and in the pre-campaign that had to pay their own way for the tickets yeah, i'm not, that I'm had not to denying that I, and i don't i'm not even saying that, I, I, that and 30 also, to 50 percent i just said 30 to 50%. okay but I, i'm not saying I, that I, I, i'm gonna say even three percent would be nonsense because the campaign right. had no money now regarding the jason weinman thing when it comes to that jason weinman was first off not even really officially associated with the campaign at that point he had some like he was back in it but if anything, Jason Wyman actually did send me a message saying we're trying to get a bus from New York uh, to Orlando. We're trying to organize that. And I said, oh, really? Uh, I was like, tell me more details. And this was like many months before the convention happened. And basically, this bus never happened as any as all of the other plans that Jason wanted to do never happened. And they had nothing really to do with the Johnson campaign. He said, you're going to go and vote for, if you come, you'll vote for Brett Pajunas. It wasn't the Johnson campaign. Basically, what he was trying to do was he was trying to organize some sort of back-end deal or whatever to get people who supported Gary Johnson to support Pajunas. In fact, Jason Wyman was going around telling people that uh, Gary was going to publicly endorse Brett, which never happened. And to my knowledge, there was never even a conversation. Okay. All right. That. Listen, we only have so a few I, minutes left, so I, I, I don't okay, want to dwell sure, on, sure. on this I mean, stuff. I'm just saying that I, I understand. No receipts done. And also, by the way, I would sign a full non-disclosure agreement for any person who can show evidence that a ticket was bought from them. I won't reveal their name. And if they say if they show me the evidence, I will look at it and I'll publicly say I'm wrong. My hands okay. are up. I do have a, a, a screenshot of Jason Weinman actually saying that uh, some tickets were purchased, but that was only some. That was only in Nevada. Um, this 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 extends beyond that, and maybe maybe not even to his knowledge. But I I was hearing this. Um, uh, and, and in any case, there was some some things that looked very fishy there, uh, if nothing else. But most importantly is that million eight that went to Ron Nielsen. That's the biggest issue. Nah, that's the big. We saved the best for last, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. The, the main event. Ron Nielsen, uh, his company pocketed a million eight fifty from the Gary Johnson campaign. And in in your article, you said it looks like his company paid for the services with that money. Um, uh, and then another thing that I said on the Tom Wood show was that a. Gary Johnson's campaign debt from 2012 of over $300,000, which was promised that no donation from 2016 would go towards paying that off, that he was going to take care of it himself, apparently was paid from the 2016 uh, campaign donations. Um, so those are, those are two things that are interrelated. That's $1,850,000 to Ron Nielsen and another $300,000 uh, that, was, that was siphoned there. That's over $2 million dollars so far that we know of that I consider almost pretty much a, a straight up scam on liberty activists that are donating to further the cause. Um, so that's my issue. None of my issue, I want to make this super clear, is about whether things were illegal or not. I'm not, I'm, I don't care. That's not my point. It's not whether things are unethical or not in behavior. I have a problem with that, uh, that but that's not the point that I'm making here. My main issue that I'm just focusing, hyper-focused on is that this was very bad activism. People are donating to things that are really shady. And a lot of uh, shady characters within the party 
are doing a lot of shady things and I want to make their life harder going forward. I, I think that, that, that the Tea Party was bled out in a million different ways by people siphoning funds. And we've got that problem in the Libertarian Party too. And this is never going to be an issue that I'm going to drop when I see it because I'm putting my energy and time into the Liberty Movement, tremendous amount. And when I see stuff like this from the inside behind the curtain, I want people to know about it. I don't have any political ambition, so I can say whatever I want. And I don't care if people don't vote for me because they feel like uh, they feel like I'm not a team player on, on a hardcore Gary Johnson crew. I don't care. Um, I, I want people to know what's going on. So Ron Nielsen pulling a million eight fifty there. You said that it looks like the company paid for other services. Well, the campaign staff was paid directly from the Gary Johnson campaign independently of that million eight fifty. Uh, so it, uh, and, and not only that, that's a severe lack of transparency if, if what you're saying is true. But in addition, Alicia Dern even uh, said, who, who knows Ron Nielsen, says uh, that he, was, he pulled in over a million dollars into his pocket. Charles, take it away. All right, I've got a lot to discuss there. Uh, so first off, regarding Ron Nielsen, I've known him for six, six years at this point. I met him six years ago uh, through the CPAC convention. Uh, I've never known him to do anything unethical there. Now, regarding this, I actually did have a conversation with him last week. Uh, and this is I, I did actually discuss this issue because I mentioned I was going to do this and it sort of came up in the conversation. So what happened was uh, he has hired a legal team from his company. The legal team advised the ways to do the accounting. Uh, since what has happened since these accusations, he has refiled the CPAs on the one point eight million dollars, which they are coming out and they are showing more information on how the expenses happen. Uh, the idea that Ron Nielsen pulled in over a million dollars, Ron Nielsen lost clients to the campaign. And I believe Ron was definitely paid more in the two hundred thousand dollar category, which I'll admit is a little high for some services. I, I, I would have known some people who I think could have also done a very good job. That would still be much higher paid. than even uh, I think Marco Rubio oh. is even the most highest paid uh, campaign yeah, no, managers. That- Oh, yeah, no, that would be about $80,000 yeah. higher than Kellyanne Conway. Don't quote me on the prices, though. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. But also you have to factor in that Ron Nielsen did about two years of work with this versus one year in these cases. And Ron was very hands-on where some of these people have other firms. So th- there is some. there's a lot of ways to, to talk about that. So if the number was $200,000, you know what? I think that that blame would, might have to go on Gary Johnson for maybe not being the best negotiator. But the idea of a million dollars is grossly overestimated. Uh, I think that he has he has filed these new CPAs that are going to reveal how money was spent. Um, And I I, I think that they're you know, if he got a little bit if he got a little bit more pay uh, than some people think he was worth, that's definitely the debate that I feel a lot of people in the campaign would be willing to side against him on. Uh, However, this idea he took in over a million dollars, I think it's just people take in what they don't say. And I feel that there is information coming out now that he's re- that he is revealing through like the uh, the commissions involved that that are settling this but i think the legal work that was set up early on i believe it was the same as 2012 where in 2012 the information was not as transparent originally and then towards 2013 2014 the exact specifics came out uh that was just what was recommended and also by the way i believe that uh, don't quote me on it but i'm 90 percent certain that the methods that they used to actually talk about the campaign were also the same methods used during the Jill Stein campaign, which that might not be the greatest endorsement, 
But there are other third parties, can, major third party candidates practicing these things as well, because the, okay. when you deal with small donor pools, things get a little interesting. I just want to be clear. So you're saying Ron Nielsen did tell you that more information breaking down where that one point eight million is being filed. So maybe even by the time the show airs, we'll have that. And if so, I'll put that in, with everything else. Yeah, thing, thing, things are being refi- things are being refiled, uh, actually, probably due to some information, like some accusations Judd has made. But they were also done the same way in 2012, and more information did get out over time. And uh, by the way, Ron has been willing to actually say, uh, like, I mean, you can look at the legal team he hired. They counsel that. If you go into that legal team as well, that's actually the standard advice they've given in many campaigns in Utah and New Mexico. Okay. Um, let, let's, uh, I want to I bring some context here. An uh, average uh, salary for a campaign manager from a highly qualified uh, name re- name brand top tier candidate is uh, is like about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year uh, annualized over a year but when they're not actually working for an entire year. Hillary Clinton got an average uh, campaign manager got an average salary of about one hundred and twenty thousand. Most of the uh, candidates varied around there. Mark Rubio's campaign manager was paid the most at about $200,000. Uh, so let's just give some context there. Second, I want people to be aware of what, um, of how Perello responds to this and pretty much everything. He's looking at um, a, a very untransparent expense of a million eight fifty and looking for reasons to apologize for it and explain it away well, he's looking for everything to attack McAfee on. So this this is just another example of, of Perello being a, a hardcore true believer that you just there's nothing you can say. Just, and he comes in and constantly muddies the water on on these situations every single time. Shouldn't well, this shouldn't this give Perello pause? Because we have uh, an expense that's not transparent of a million eight fifty to Ron Nielsen's company. Shouldn't that cause some, not just some concern, but potential outrage instead of apology for it and, and seeking a constant apology. But uh, I want to, I want to, I want to, before I uh, uh, open, open that up, I also want to mention Alicia Dern backed this up when she said that, uh, because because not only did he get paid so much, but he has no real experience as a campaign manager except for working with Gary in the past. That's it. He's not a campaign manager. He has like a, a rating scanning. Okay, okay a, a lot of accusations. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to read what, what Alicia Dern said about why Gary was so committed to Ron when he really wasn't a, a, a campaign manager of any experience. He did it. He did do a terrible job, which he always does because he doesn't know what he's doing. And he pocketed so much money. And, and Alicia says, Gary isn't gullible. He owed Ron a run where Ron could make some money. He turned a blind eye and gave Ron unquestioning allegiance because he owed Ron. Uh, OK, so I'd like to get into a few points. Uh, first off, my last name is actually pronounced Peralo, not Perello. I uh, just, uh, just wanted sorry. to bring that in uh, from notice there. OK, so on the points of Ron Nielsen, uh, when it comes to the transparency information, I'm just saying that this is a practice that is used in other third-party campaigns, and it was used in the 2012 campaign. But don't you think this should give you pause? It does give me pause. And also, by the way, I do not just constantly say Gary Johnson's perfect on anything, on everything. I mean, if you actually were to go back a month towards the convention, uh, before the convention, I actually was emailing Mark Cuban, begging him to run. I wanted someone better than Gary Johnson. Let's make that clear. Gary Johnson is not the Messiah, and uh, Ron Nielsen is not one of the. 
uh, 12 apostles. So there are issues there. But the idea that they took $1.8 million is absolutely insane. Uh, no, it's not insane. It's in, the, it's in the FEC reports. That's exactly what that he was from. That was from his company, That uh, how the company managed things. It came in separately. Now, there are things coming out. It might come out by the time the show airs that will show an actual breakdown. And that breakdown should, if it doesn't happen in the next few weeks, it should happen within the next six months. But the next thing on that, I just want to bring up the salaries of being $200,000 or whatever they are. If you work for a campaign such as the Clinton campaign and you are the campaign manager, you should probably pay them to call yourself the campaign manager to the Clinton or Trump campaign because you will get paid the moment you the campaign ends. There will be a big firm, be it Wall Street or be it K Street, that comes to you and says, here's a check for half a million, a million dollars. If you are like Ron Nielsen and work for a Libertarian Party campaign, then no one is going to call you up saying, I need you to be my I need to hire you. Uh, for my thing. There is no big job offer there. So there is an opportunity lost versus the other campaign managers, which should be mentioned. as oh, a So that's feature. why he was worth more than 200000 Well, I don't think he was actually paid over 200000 I think we'd have to look more clearly at the records of his company through that. But if he was paid about 150000 and also I want to defend Ron Nielsen as a campaign manager. Ron Nielsen has been involved in numerous congressional campaigns uh, over uh, the last 20 years. Uh, and also, I believe, some state Senate campaigns in Utah and New Mexico. Maybe not the best track record. I don't want to say he's like the guy who did Ted, Ted Cruz's campaign or Chip Englander, but there is a track record there. And also, when it comes to Gary Johnson, uh, you know what? He's the campaign manager Gary Johnson has won with before. Uh, there's been many libertarians to run for office uh, in the last 50 years. And the only two that I could really name who got elected to statewide office are Rand Paul and Gary Johnson. So Ron made something happen that a lot of other people weren't. If is he the best campaign manager? I would not say so. Did I did I in the campaign recommend we might want to try and take on someone new? Yes, I did. But however, I think the accusation of but however, like I'm saying that Ron Nielsen should have after the convention been replaced by somebody who was more suitable for mainstream politics. I agree with that. And I don't think not just the, not just more suitable. This is obviously some shady stuff that you're, hold you're on, trying to whitewash. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Also, Someone who's a little bit more skilled on the national level. But I'm not saying, but I think you're taking this as like maybe we needed a better campaign manager and you're moving no, no, to no. like Ron it, Nielsen. It's not just, it's not just that, and I said this before the million eight fifty came to light. I said when I when I uh, when, when Gary won the nomination, I said publicly on Facebook, loudly, I will support Gary Johnson 100% if he will replace his campaign manager, because that will be a sign of good faith. And I'll, I'll take that as demonstrating that everything that I've seen, I, all I would the, like, wait, 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 all, right. all the dirty stuff that I've seen happen during the nomination process, I will just say that, that I'll blame that on Ron Nielsen if he was willing to replace him. Because I used to be friends with Ron Nielsen. I used to be friends with Gary Johnson. I had fundraisers for Gary Johnson at my house during 2011 primaries. I, I know these guys. Ron Nielsen used to even ask me for advice back in the 2012 election. Uh, I have messages from him. You know, Me and him were cool. Everything was cool until I ran with McAfee and, and he turned vicious. I saw that and I said... Wow, this was so nasty. But I'll say, I'll, I hear from a lot of people that Gary is asleep at the wheel and that Ron is doing all this stuff. Another name being thrown out, by the way, is that Joe Hunter is also a guy that's devious and scheming these kind of things. But 
but it's Ron Nielsen is ultimately the guy that is responsible. I won't put the blame on Gary if he replaces him. And you know what? Uh, that would it turns out I was giving great advice. Now he doesn't have to take my advice, but a million eight fifty was pocketed in a very shadowy way to his company, and uh, the rest of the campaign was paid separately from that million eight fifty. Uh, another three hundred thousand was paid. Uh, uh, to to the attorney to pay off the debts from last time, and there, that payment came from that attorney. There's all this sh- shady stuff that happened. That information is coming out, as I've said. And there's one interesting point that I wanted to bring up really towards the end, and I think we're here. Um, this is something that happened during the campaign, and I spoke to numerous people who said it happened. After the convention, Ron Nielsen actually offered no longer to be the campaign manager if Gary would like to get someone more like one of Bill Weld's people, one of the Romney people who might have offered. Uh, Ron Nielsen did offer to step down. Gary Johnson did have a trust in Ron, and that's what happened there. So the idea that Ron Nielsen would like willingly like step down, but then at the same time, I, oh, I'm I, I've so heard, I've heard from people on the campaign that it was the exact opposite, that Bill Weld tried to get his people in to run it, that uh, that he was blocked by Ron Nielsen on that. And then I also hear from people on the inside right now, this is what I'm hearing, is that Gary is very ups- is, is actually has been upset with Ron because Bill Weld and Gary are not on speaking terms at the moment. I heard this a couple months ago. I don't know if it's been resolved since. But Gary and Bill Weld are not friendly at the moment. Gary would like to be friendly with Bill Weld, but Bill Weld is kind of upset about how things went down. And a lot of that has to do with Ron and, and Ron Nielsen's behavior oh, Bill, as a campaign manager. Uh, uh, I'll actually agree with that point. Bill Weld was unhappy with Ron's performance, and Bill Weld, I believe, did have some people, his people he wanted to bring in. However, Ron was, from what I have seen, Ron was willing to make that step down. Uh, it was Gary who was actually the one opposed to it. So I have a huge respect for Gary, but okay. that so might this have is, been his error. This, this is, a, I think, more misinformation and more apologism for stuff that sounds, that looks so outrageous, so suspicious, and... and uh, I don't know why this is this is not this is very alarming and his response is trying to calm everybody down. There's a million eight fifty that went to a campaign manager that's being paid from liberty activists who have very limited resources and and this is what we're funding. That's my whole thing here is that this this campaign represented incredibly terrible activism. I wanted to talk about, we don't have time, but I wanted to talk about our vision for what a libertarian campaign could be, what, how it could be used. So guys, I, I think we've, I think both of you have, have been able to get out a lot of your points on both sides of this stuff. And like I said, you guys send me every little morsel of info you have to both, both the, the stuff that Judd has and the counterpoints. I will post it all in the show notes. Um, and you know, we'll let people out there decide because I think you're both honest guys who are, who are, who believe in what you're talking about. So I, I don't think there's, um, any reason to believe otherwise. And I think people out there can kind of take the stuff you guys are putting out, look at it themselves, come to their own conclusions. Uh, before I sign off though, I, I do want to give you guys both, uh, kind of a, a final statement. Judd, I'll go to you first and then Charles, I'll let you have the final word just because, you know, Judd's been on the show a few times talking about this. So I'll let you get in the last word, but Judd, why don't you just sum up real quick just everything you've been talking about why you're doing this i felt like gary johnson had the lead from the beginning i don't have experience as a politician i wasn't interested in being a politician i'm still not my point was that libertarian messaging has been terrible and libertarian uh presidential races haven't been doing anything uh very interesting and and i felt like all i wanted to do was demonstrate 
not pl- like if if I'm being criticized for not playing the game well, that's valid because I wasn't trying to play that game. I was trying to. My whole point was to to show we need to stop playing this game because it's suicide missions. We, we don't have the numbers to win, so we need to not play that stupid politics game that everybody's playing, but but use this as a platform to uh, to to communicate our ideas. And that's why I was doing it. I felt like if the presidential race is going to be worth anything, if anybody should support it, it should be not to support and promote specific people, but to promote the ideas. And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to be trying to come up with a different way to communicate these ideas. That's all this was about. That's all I wanted to do. And meanwhile, I had no interest in running a negative campaign. I said at the very beginning, um, I'm, I, I made a mistake because I said two things. One, I'm going to make this the most as honest as, as I can be, more honest than even honesty necessitates. And two, I'm going to keep it positive at all times. And then I realized very quickly that that's a rookie error. You can't do that because, to be honest, means that I'm gonna, if I'm going to tell people the truth, there's a lot of negativity going on behind the scenes that shocked me and I wasn't even expecting. I didn't want to be a part of that. I just wanted to do cool stuff. But I saw I, I ran into a lot of shadiness and viciousness. And so I just talked about it openly. And every time I do, there's uh, Peralos there to uh, to um, uh, tone tone down uh, uh, to to disagree with me and to say that everything is okay. And I'm like, wow, man, I, I I feel it in my heart how awful this is that people are donating their money to to shadiness and that they're being taken advantage of, it's not an issue I'm ever going to let go. It might not be an issue I focus on forever, but it's not an issue I'm ever going to let go. I can't tolerate in my gut to see libertarians getting scammed when we have so few resources and we have such greater battles to fight, and this is how our money and energy and even emotions are being used. I think it's wrong. So that's why I'm doing this, and that's why I've said what I said. All right, Charles, last word goes to you. Oh, first off, Judd, you can admit I'm nicer than Tom Mann, correct? Of course. <laughs> okay, I just want to get that cleared up. All right, so regarding this thing, I think that at this point in the campaign, I'm not apologizing. I am not an apologist for the Johnson Well campaign. Let me make this clear. The Johnson Wealth campaign did not break 4% of the vote. They didn't break 5%. They didn't make the debates, and they didn't win. I think that here's the thing. They lost they lose and there were mistakes made gary johnson should be at some blame bill weld should be at some some blame ron nielsen should be at some blame everybody in the campaign should be at some blame maybe i should be at some blame i'm not sure i i only donated some money to them um but i look at it from this perspective that there is the truth which does not fully say gary johnson and bill weld are the greatest candidates on earth and then there is what the false story here that we're hearing that this was just all some sort of negative scam, which it was not. I've gotten to know Gary Johnson, and I've gotten to know Bill Wells. Gary Johnson is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, Gary Johnson is a very honest campaigner. Uh, Gary Johnson handles things in some ways maybe not the best because he's just not a natural politician. Gary Johnson, I hope, is running for governor of New Mexico right now, as a libertarian, and I think he will be able to deliver the Libertarian Party their first statewide win ever, and I think that everyone, even Judd Weiss, should actively support him in this effort. Bill Weld, I think, is a man who's been in politics for four decades, uh, been through it all, and I think he's put in his efforts um, where maybe not the best speaker anymore due to his age, but did try. 
Ron Nielsen, I think there might be some improvements in his tactics that need to have work here. But I think these accusations of $1.5 million or $2 million being basically stolen, I think they're just nonsense. And I'm looking at this from the perspective of saying, going forward in the liberty movement, we have to examine this campaign and see what happened wrong. We have to examine the Rand Paul campaign and what happened wrong. And I'm saying the marketing was a failure. Uh, how the candidates spoke was a failure. How the messaging was a failure. The platforms were failures. How maybe the act that this acted very immaturely in some cases being for or negative was a failure. However, to just say when it comes to Rand Paul or Gary Johnson, because there are accusations against Rand Paul as well, that these campaigns were basically fronts and scams, I think is wrong. And I think we need to actually look at the bigger picture of why did people not vote for us? And that big picture really just lies in how I think the messaging was wrong. So that's my final words on the subject. And I'm glad to hear I'm nicer than Tom Mann. Well, gentlemen, I, I think you're you're both nice folks overall. And, uh, you know, I, I was glad to bring you guys both here into a, a forum that is at least, you know, a little bit uh, better for communicating than just Facebook threads all over the place. So it was at least good to get you guys together and at least get both of your perspectives on this out there. Like I said, I'll put all the information out there that I have. Listeners can decide. They can process it themselves. They can decide how they actually feel about everything they've heard. Uh, in the meantime, you know, maybe we'll invite you guys back on at some point down the road to discuss maybe some of your philosophies as it relates to a presidential campaigns. So that probably does relay into a lot of the way you guys see this uh, going down. But I know you guys will both be out there and uh, continuing to be the great voices of liberty and activists that you are. So keep up the great work, gentlemen. It's been a blast, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, thanks, Mark, for having us on. All right. All right, friends, and I am going to wrap things up really quick. Thank you guys for sticking around. Briefly, I want to remind you once again, this is your last chance. You've got until August 5th to enter the contest for a free signed copy of Liberty Force Number 1. I'm not exaggerating. I honestly think these are going to be worth a pretty penny someday. I really do. That's how much faith I have in this project and in the great work of Johnny Adams and everyone over at the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. And remember, there are two ways to join. You can either just be a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride, lionsofliberty.com slash support to find all the information about that. You sign up at any level at all, and you'll be automatically entered into this contest. Or you can leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher if you've already left an iTunes review. Either way, shoot me a screenshot of that review to Mark M-A-R-C at lionsofliberty.com. Or if you're on Facebook, just type Lions of Liberty Forum in your search bar. Come on into our private group, join the conversation, and post that screenshot in there. Be sure to tag me, Mark Claire, so I see it, and you'll also be entered. You can actually be entered twice, by the way. You can have two chances to win, because if you're a member of the Pride and you leave a review, like my man Dan Smots did, like my man Clint Rankin did, you get two entries. So, there are possible ways to increase your odds. And I will be announcing the winner of this contest next week. That's right, one week from today, because it's my birthday then. So I figure, for my birthday, I'll give away some Liberty Force comics. That's the idea. Yes, I give you gifts for my birthday. That's how it works here at Lions of Liberty. Guys, don't forget to check out Brian McWilliams this coming Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land and John Odermatt this coming Friday where he breaks down the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. So many reasons to make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Until next time, folks, live long and live free. <laughs>